0: And I am not making healthcare decisions for you. It is your choice to use the information provided here and in any future communications with me regarding homeopathy and natural health care.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Homeopathy at Home with Melissa. Um, today, we are recording at the end of summer, but we had been talking about a way that we can serve you guys and we want to hear from you. So if you want to let us know maybe things you would like us to talk about, um, you can leave that in comments, anywhere. I mean, you can leave it in the reviews, you can leave it on Facebook or other areas. But one of the things we've been hearing a lot about is coughs. So today, hello, Melissa, super happy you're here to help us with all things coughing because I am dealing with those
0: with my own kids. Everybody's coughing. I'm doing so many acute consults right now. And, you know, when this releases, it's going to be fall. Um, so, you know, that's just going to continue. So I want to really just define coughs. Coughs are hard. And if we can maybe define coughs and help you differentiate. So that's what these, this is going to be about, is differentiating between the different coughs so that you can know which remedies to use and to start with, where to start and what to do. Do you feel
1: like you have dealt with more coughing, acute consults this summer than usual? Yep. Yeah. It's weird in the summer mm-hmm. to have this much, I mean, I think we've gotten stomach bugs or maybe one cold in the summer, mm-hmm. but this coughing stuff, maybe it's, it has to do with COVID, maybe not, but mm-hmm. I have noticed yeah. it a lot too. And I am really struggling with
0: which ones to use and mm-hmm.
1: the four dose rules sticking with
0: it. Yeah. So, um, so I think, yeah, I think that, um, it's because I think we're having more sickness right now because everybody was staying home and they were masked if they went out. I I don't, I shouldn't say everybody because really all the people that I know, we weren't staying home and we weren't wearing masks out, but a lot of other people were. So, you know, now all of the, the immune systems were lowered when you're not going anywhere. And even
1: if we're going maybe out some places, there's still not the same exposure. Not as many people are going out or yeah. not as many places are open to go to. And if you're like me with little kids, we're not going to school or yeah. around many kids who go to school.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: when we did start meeting with people again who were more comfortable with meeting, I think that's happening. And it is now at least where we are in the South in the South South. Yeah. You're also in the
0: South. But mm-hmm.
1: did you guys start you did start school.
0: Yeah, two weeks so ago. So I know
1: in Michigan they're not starting till Labor Day weekend or right before.
0: That's good. I like that.
1: So it's kind of yeah.
0: nice. Yeah. But like here that.
1: we're already there. Are people are already coming home with like school stuff, like caught germs and mm-hmm. they're coming home. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah. In a weird way. Well, I want to start with I love that you just brought up the four-dose rule. Let's start with some of the basic rules around treating acute conditions with homeopathy. And, um, and just a couple of reminders. So first of all, we have to remember that homeopathy's job is to move you through the illness easier and faster than if you didn't use homeopathy at all. So, don't, so if you go into using homeopathy with the thought that I'm going to take this remedy And it's going to stop the cough. That's no better than allopathy. And that's not homeopathy's Mm -hmm. job. So it should shorten the duration and lessen the severity. But likely you still need to move through the condition. Because moving through the condition strengthens your immune system. Homeopathy doesn't suppress it. It brings it out to get rid of it for good so the next time you get this kind of illness, it's less severe, shorter in duration each time. So it just gets better and better until the day comes where you don't get it anymore. And I see that. I see that in allergies and colds and coughs and bronchitis and all kinds of things. So just remember that when you're taking remedies, that the goal is not to shut it down. Although Mm -hmm. if we grab it really fast in the beginning very first signs, sometimes that can happen. It can strengthen the immune system so fast that you get um, such a, a great response to it that you don't have to really move through the, the condition like you would have. So something I've observed, I and I want to
1: hear your thoughts on this, um, because I don't know if this is a legitimate thing or it just happens to be my experience. Um, I feel like I've noticed with more severe illness that homeopathy almost works more quickly. Like you think of someone and maybe it's because your body just can't handle being that sick. Not saying you automatically are 100% better, but um, like a super high fever or even like you think of different types of coughs and we'll get to these but like with croup, the times where I've treated croup and it's bad, they're better in the matter of 24 hours, yeah. much improved, where you have mm-hmm. like that regular cough that accompanies a cold that lingers for maybe two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's almost like our, I don't know,
0: I, what are your just thoughts on that or the way you observed it in the past? So yeah, so I hear that really often, especially with colds that people say they don't really get the... The best results with homeopathy with colds, and I think that that's part of your body. You're still going to move through the condition. I think people are still thinking this should have shut this down. This should have worked a lot better, a lot faster. So then people second guess themselves and think, "Oh no, I'm not. um, I'm not choosing the right remedies, or I'm not doing the right thing." And um, I don't think that's the case at all. And some A lot of times people will beat themselves up over, I gave Tylenol, I gave Motrin, um, you know, I ended up going to the doctor and I got an antibiotic. Don't beat yourself up over that. You're doing the best you can. Still use homeopathy along with it, and it's still going to work through those things, and you're mm-hmm. still going to get better, and you're still going to uproot conditions rather than, you know, um, really suppressing them. And then you can have an easier time in in the future with these conditions.
1: Well, and you mentioned something um the other day on another call about keeping in mind that we are doing this for the long term benefits. Yeah. And our goal is not to shut down sickness or suppress it, I guess, mm-hmm. but to really use them almost in a in a way
0: while still sh- maybe be more comfortable. Yeah, to strengthen your body. Yeah. Yeah. So when we you know, when, when vaccines came out um for chicken pox and measles or mm-hmm. let's just talk about measles. You know, when you when a child used to when children used to get measles, it strengthened their overall body in so many ways. And now kids don't get measles anymore. And now there's more nephrotic syndrome because okay, they're not what is
1: nephrotic syndrome?
0: I'll <laughs> <give> it. <laughs> it's, it's a kid that. it's a kidney disease. Okay. Okay. So then we have to remember in acute conditions when you choose a remedy or you choose a protocol to use the four-dose rules. So you stick to the remedy that you chose or you stick to the protocol that you chose for four doses. And then if at the end of the fourth dose, if there's zero change in the condition, then you move on to the next protocol or the next remedy. So what I often see is people say, oh, well... I've had three doses and there's zero change. What's next? I know it's okay. Go ahead and take the fourth dose. Often that fourth dose is like the kicker. Um, And if it's not, then it's okay. Then we move on, but definitely give it four doses. Um, Well, you said no change.
1: You didn't necessarily say no improvement. So I think in general, that means improvement. But with coughs, that's tricky because. I think the word change is a good term, because coughs change a lot. And I think sometimes we interpret that as worsening. Or, you know, in our minds, we we see change, but it might get worse. And so we don't stick to the four doses. We think so. So I I just think that's worth noting. I noticed that I've never pointed that out.
0: But it stuck out to me today. It's a, very good, it's a very good thing to discuss because, yes, a change can be you're getting better or it could be you're getting worse. So if you're getting worse, it doesn't mean you're on the, right, the wrong track. If the cough worsens, it could be that the remedy's bringing it out and doing its job. So you probably should stick to it. So zero change is, yeah, okay. positive or negative. Nothing's happened. It's, it's okay. all the same. And as you're it not changes, on the right track. We stick
1: to the four-dose rule. And if it has dramatically changed, do we then maybe switch remedies and follow the symptoms? Or would you stick with the remedy that caused that
0: change, even if it doesn't match the like the profile anymore? So as the cough changes, you might change remedies because if it was dry, we're using a dry cough remedy. If it becomes wet, that's a good. I mean, it's a, it's a normal progression. So it's not that your cough is getting worse, but it's changed. And yes, then you might move to a different remedy because of the presenting symptoms. As the presenting and after symptoms the word yeah, dose through, yeah. If as the presenting symptoms change, then yeah, you, you you change remedies. Um And this is coughs are tricky. It's just you know I'm hoping that this episode can just help people you know do this on their own some it is encouraging to to talk through this even because
1: it feels exhausting sometimes when you're changing remedies a lot and then it can be discouraging I mean for me when I'm changing so much I feel like I'm doing I must be doing the wrong thing if I'm scrambling changing all the time when really that in coughs especially, can be the right thing to do as the costs change yeah. because they do yep um, that's actually the right thing it just takes a lot of energy so it is exhausting yeah to keep up with it but it's the right thing
0: yeah and the goal here for this episode but even this whole podcast is to teach you well enough that you'll have confidence it's really confidence mm-hmm. when you don't have the confidence in it you get nervous and you waffle and you make you know you go back and forth right. and and feel like you're not doing well yeah yeah but having the confidence with it can can make it a peaceful process just you know you're just going to give the remedies as they're called for yeah so okay go ahead you got something
1: i was going to do what you're probably going to go to the
0: yeah let's start with the with the um the different cough descriptions so bryonia Bryonia is a.k.a. dry dryonia. Everything about Bryonia is dry. So this is going to be that painful, dry hacking cough. And that's how a lot of coughs start. Let me back up and say that I do highly encourage you to start with, at the first sign of a cough, Aconite 200 mixed with Bryonia 200. Do your four doses of that. So you're meeting the intensity of the condition with the frequency of the dosing. If it's a very intense cough, you wake up and you're like coughing, 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 and it's disruptive, then you might take it every, you know, 15, 30 minutes. If it's just annoying, like, man, what, what is this? What's going on? Then maybe you're taking it every three to six hours. Mm -hmm. But after the fourth dose of aconite bryonia, if you're not very much better or there's, you know, no change. Then you start getting really specific. So that's what we'll talk about next is the very specifics of Bryonia by itself. So
1: I think coughs are those things that don't typically start intense like other sicknesses do. And maybe that's something if you get caught up on that, this can be encouraging to you where Improvement to me sometimes seems like I'm dosing a lot at the beginning, and then you slowly spread out doses. And that feels like, okay, this is working. I'm seeing improvement. And I, thinking back with coughs, usually dose less often. And then as it brings it out, more often Mm -hmm. for a little while. And then maybe the cough changes and I'm switching remedy, like we just talked about. And um, it's just maybe half the, the struggle as I'm thinking through stuff is just that it's so opposite of treating some other things. It feels bad or
0: like it's not
1: working when it's just a totally different ballgame.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really is. And so that's why we encourage you to study the medicines. So, you know, hopefully you've got a notebook or something you're writing down, you're taking notes with this, but As you study these medicines and you don't have to go and look at your notes, you just, you hear a dry cough and you think, Bryonia, this is a painful cough. So you might see the person holding their chest while they, while they're coughing because they want to keep their chest still. That's how bad it hurts. Every time they cough, it hurts so bad in the chest. So they might hold their chest to keep it still. This cough is aggravated by deep breathing. So they're trying to breathe more shallow because every time they take a deep breath, they start coughing and they don't want to cough because it hurts. I know this cough. Mm-hmm. I have had that cough. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a very, I think it's one of the most common coughs. Um, remember, everything about Bryonia is dry. So dry lips, the person's very thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, It can also be associated with a new onset of constipation or dry, hard stools. So this this person isn't normally constipated. Now they have this dry cough and there's this constipation. So then you're looking at bryonia. Um, (laughs) One description is that it feels as if the head and chest would fly to pieces. It's painful. It's painful. I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. I think everybody's probably like, yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. I know that cough.
0: This is the cough that compels the person to sit up in the middle of the night and hold the chest to cough. You know, so it's not, um, it's It's not so much force. Yeah. 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 And like you're doing everything you can to control it, to stop it because it hurts. Um, And then sometimes, and I've done this so many times before, and I'll be honest, it's been a long time. Since I've had any kind of significant cough, but I remember these coughs and, um, often the rib cage can feel bruised. Mm-hmm. There's the, oh, I remember that literally my ribs were felt bruised. That's brown. Yeah. Oh, a- actually you would take Arnica for the bruised feeling. So if you start to okay. feel that you would start Arnica. hmm
1: See, where was I? I haven't had a bad cough in a while either, but the last one was exactly this. And I remember eating buffalo wings and breathing in that spicy, just breathing it in. Uh-huh. And it started that crazy cough in yeah. my chest, like I wanted to cry. Wow. It felt my ribs hurt. I was coughing so hard and I was mm-hmm. pregnant. And you know, couldn't take anything else. Uh-huh. Or, you know, which yeah. is probably good. Yeah. But I didn't know Arnica would have been
0: amazing. Bryonia. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love, I want to talk about this, this, I want to talk about croup a little bit. And, um, honestly, the first time I'd ever heard of this protocol, this croup protocol was from you, Brie. And I also, um, just found it elsewhere in my notes from another instructor, but I had not, either I'd forgotten about it or, you know, it was a, it was a class that I'd taken after I heard about it from you. But um, Spongia is the homeopathic sponge and it's number one for croup. But I love the protocol that uses Spongia along with sulf and Aconite. But let's first. I'm gonna. We're gonna talk about that protocol. But also, um, spongia by itself sounds like a seal. So there's lots of observation that needs to go on in coughs, right? Because you can see the person holding their chest. They might not tell you, "I have to hold my chest," but you can see when they cough that they're holding their chest. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, and then the sound. We always want to hear the sound of the cough. So this cough sounds like a seal, there's extreme dryness. So you think of the sponge, you know, that's not wet, that's dry. Um, This cough is worse in cold, dry weather. So in the summer, you might not have a spongy cough. Well, and
1: that's probably why um, some of the home treatment for croup is Going in a hot shower and steaming it out, or yeah. um, putting on the humidifier. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I love learning what the remedies
0: are from. Uh huh. Yeah, because it's amazing to me how they work yeah. that way. I know. It, I know. Um, so again, bryon—I mean, spongia—is a super dry cough, probably even drier than bryonia. Um, it also can sound like a saw going through pine wood. That sounds terrible. I do, it does sound terrible. I mean, I, and, and I I've know that. that caused,
1: yeah. yeah. It's funny when you put labels on them, because then I suddenly know exactly what you mean. Uh-huh. And I know people have asked me before, well, is this cough like croup? And I tell them, you will know when we say it sounds like a seal,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you mm-hmm. hear it, mm-hmm. you'll be like, that sounds like a seal. Yeah. But that's a croup cough. Yeah. Um, and I remember that happening to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've when heard. our first used to get it
1: all the time. Yep.
0: Yep. So sad. So let's talk about that little protocol that you've used before. Do you want to explain it? Or yeah, okay. I can. Okay.
1: Um, and I did find it. I wonder if it was the same person that you have notes from because it was a one in the morning deep dive on Google before I knew about homeopathy much and finally found this protocol. Um, so it's aconite spongia, and hepersulf, all in 30C. Um, I remember it by thinking it spells ash, the order of it. And that's how I would remember in my mind, because it's that's not alphabetical.
0: Great. That's So great. it spells the word ash. Ah,
1: I and never even
0: noticed that. I love it. Aconite,
1: especially, is a, for some reason especially important in the very beginning. So as soon as I heard the first croup cough, I'd give aconite, Wait 15 minutes, do spongia, wait 15 minutes, do heparisol. And then I'd wait 15 minutes when it was bad, like in the middle of the night, if you're seeing retractions or you know it's not, they're not breathing well. I'd wait 15 minutes and do the same thing again in the same order every time. And I did it that close together for four rounds. So they were getting 12 doses of a remedy, but four different rounds of that ASH protocol. And then after that, I typically, even when it was bad in the middle of the night, would only need to do maybe two or three more rounds. I'd wait a few hours, maybe let them go through the night. Because this was when they're struggling in the middle of the night, I would give it to him even in the middle of the night if he's sleeping. I usually don't do that, but for croup, I did. And then I'd wait till morning, maybe do that protocol again aconite, spongia, and herself, and then wait as I needed to. And really, I almost never had to do it the next night. Nice. Um, and then after that, what was really cool, and I didn't even put this together until I took your gateway classes and you started talking about how it uproots, and hopefully you'll never need to live off of it again or you maybe one time will knock it out. Now, I mean, well, he doesn't even get it now. None of my kids get it anymore. And he, after a few times of treating that way, I would do one round of that stuff done, like gone. I would hear one
0: cough, give that to him. And it was gone. I love it. That's how, yeah, that's how it works. So if we stick to it, yes, I love it. So good. Um, I wish that I had known about that when my kids were little, especially Chandler. He's the one that got... Mm um, croup and whooping cough and RSV and all the ear infections, you know, the other two didn't get any of that. Um, I mean, they were just, they were never, they got colds, you know, and, but never anything serious. Like Chandler got all the serious things. Maybe a little bit of a tangent, but I, it's really
1: encouraging to be treating our family with these specific things because my husband had said that he used to get this all the time. He would get croup. He had a lot of breathing issues, would get colds really easily or coughs when the heat turned on every year or very, very sensitive to respiratory things. And he still is um, even working out in the garage in the dust. The whole next day, he has cold symptoms. Like he really struggles with that. And we have also talked in classes, I mean, a lot of places now about uprooting those genetic predispositions and I think in the future now when my kids have kids that this is not a normal thing for them to deal with anymore right because I've been able to use
0: homeopathy to uproot so many things that's right that's what homeopathy does too when there are inherited things homeopathy can stop that from going forward into future generations yeah. That's exciting yeah, to think about. It is. It really is. Um, so the next remedy is Rumex, Rumex Crispus. And this remedy is great when the person um, really coughs more on becoming uncovered at night. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that myself personally or, or experienced that, but that's one of the traits of this remedy is becoming uncovered at night causes the person to cough. Undressing causes the person to cough. I know it, it's so on. weird. How do yeah. they find this out? <laughs> the provings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When they have people prove them, then they write down everything that happened when they do the provings. Um, Rumex has white phlegm. So if the person is coughing up, white. And so that's the other thing to observe or ask the person about. What color is the mm-hmm. mucus or the phlegm or anything that's coming out or coming up? What color? We always want to know the color. Okay. Um, this can be a short hacking cough and a tickle that is excessive. That tickling cough. Worst. It really is. <laughs> it it is really so is. Bad. I've had lots of tickling coughs where... You know, when you would, when I would talk, then it would, it would get worse. And And you try to keep talking. So when I used to work at the hospital and I would be there and write, this is, I did work at the hospital through the worst part of COVID, but before COVID, um, working in the hospital, if I started to, I would be in a warm room. So I had been, had a cold or flu or whatever, you know, that cough would always kind of hang around a little bit and I'd be in a really warm room and I'd be talking and I'd feel the tickle and I'd be like, oh no, I'm going to, I'm there's no way to make it stop. I was going to, I would have to excuse myself. I'm sorry. I have to go get a drink of water. There was nothing but a drink of water that was going to stop that.
1: (laughs) I have been there. I used to have a, like a phone job and there was one time I was like crying from trying to hold it in
0: <laughs> yeah. and
1: like tears are coming down and I'm finally like, I got to go. I, I just hung up the phone
0: on the customer. <laughs> I like, could not speak. I remember that. Yeah. Oh. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was the worst being like, the room- I'm sorry,
1: I have to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't even heard of Rumex.
1: Right. It's not, it. yeah. so, it's not. Yeah. It's not extremely you know.
0: common, but it is. Um, It's one, so it's got a tickle. And then um, Sambucus. Did not know that was a remedy uh-huh. either. I was
1: looking over this list. Yep, so but that's, that's elderberry.
0: black elderberry. Mm-hmm. So using that as a homeopathic remedy is great for mucus in the bronchioles and lungs. Um, This person suddenly awakens at night choking on the mucus. And... They can't breathe because the sputum gets caught in the throat. Mm. Hmm. So yeah. um, I feel like little kids deal
1: with that even. I guess, and more often I've seen it where they they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. They can't mm-hmm. Keep coughing. They
0: don't know that keeping yeah like, to keep coughing gets it out. How more. to get? Yeah. Um. Okay. So more a more common cough remedy is Ipecac. Mm -hmm. Um, the homeopathic remedy, I'm not talking about, you know, we used to be able to buy Ipecac in the store, right over the counter and it was to induce vomiting. So if you had a poisoning Mm -hmm. or or for whatever reason you needed to induce vomiting at home, you could just run to the store and grab Ipecac off the shelf. But that's not what I'm talking. I don't think they sell that anymore, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the homeopathic medicine Ipecac and it's good for whooping cough. Well, and that makes sense
1: that it would induce vomiting because in this case, that's the cough that you can cough so hard you vomit. That's right? right.
0: Yep. So it's the nag and gag cough. It's a nagging cough that causes you to gag and um, and or vomit. Yeah. And the Ipecac cough doesn't feel better after vomiting. So you know how sometimes mm. – so Ipecac can also be used in a vomiting, you know, if the person is vomiting not outside of a cough. But the person doesn't feel better after vomiting. You know, often you'll feel better after that, but this okay. one doesn't feel better at all. That sounds like a morning sickness remedy to me. Uh-huh. Like pregnancy it is. And nausea. Yep. Because you don't one. feel better. Yeah. After that. That's right. Speaking of pregnancy, I'm working on a, a new course, so be on the lookout for that.
1: Pregnancy labor delivery.
0: Yes. Okay, so Ipecac is similar to phosphorus, which we're gonna talk about soon. We haven't talked about that yet and um where it can be good for nosebleeds with the cough so maybe you have a cough and, that causes your nose to bleed sorry hit the mic um that causes your nose to bleed then that's intense yeah really right then you would think of ipecac okay this one also brings up white mucus and um yeah and vomiting from too much mucus mm my son used to do that. So, yeah. my youngest, I used to have the
1: baby. Uh. My baby seems to have that issue when he's really congested.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I'm glad to hear somebody else say that mm-hmm. because I thought I was a, a little bit crazy for thinking, I think it's his, like the drainage and stuff is making him not feel well. I did not think of it. Yeah. I haven't thought of it as a nausea thing. I've really only associated it with the cough. Okay. And um, so this is good to know because he did have a cough. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't he wasn't coughing to the point he was gagging, but he was coughing and vomiting up mm. that phlegm. So that's
0: that might have been yeah. She would have known that might have right. been a good remedy for him. Yeah. Well now you know for next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to remember. I'll probably ask you. So the next one is Drosera and this is my favorite. I don't know why. I think, I guess because it works so well in my family, this is my favorite and is number one for whooping cough. So, Drosera also works well as a preventative during an epidemic um, or exposure to whooping cough. And so, you know, the whooping cough is loose, rattly. There may be yellow mucus. So, Drosera, you're going to look for the yellow mucus The voice, how does the voice sound? And so, this is a deep and hoarse voice that's not normal for this person, right? Because this person usually doesn't have a deep or hoarse voice. Um, There is pain in the chest underneath the ribs from this cough. This cough can also vomit from too much mucus. So, when I just said a minute ago that my youngest son, he used to always do this. He would get a cough and then he would throw up, and Drosera was always the one that I used. And, and for him, okay. and it always worked really well. This cough is worse at night and worse for singing and, and talking. So every time you, you're probably not going to be singing if you're sick, but when you tr- when you talk and, you know, and the, and there's a cough um, that's made worse by talking, then you might think of Drosera. What about like bronchitis? Is that the same? I know whooping, whooping, I don't know why I said it like
1: that. Whooping cough is a deep cough that will cause hoarseness, but that does make me think of, um, like the bronchitis thing when you get really hoarse from that yeah. type of cough or laryngitis. Is that what I'm trying to say? Well, so
0: bronchitis is phosphorus. And so I said, we we're going to talk about that. So let's go ahead and do that anyway now. Okay. So phosphorus is great for bronchitis. It's also another one of my very favorites. I um, really love phosphorus. Um, so phosphorus can also be good for pneumonia associated with burning in the throat, bronchioles and lungs. So we mm. phosphorus does have burning. Um phosphorus craves cold drinks. So you ask the person, are you craving any drinks, any, you know, or craving anything? Because we don't want to say, are you craving cold drinks? Right? We have to keep our questions Open ended and not leading, so we don't want to lead the person. So we say, "Are you craving anything?" Gosh, yes, I've been so thirsty, and I'm drinking cold drinks. I want cold water. I want cold juice. Um, also, phosphorus mice might, might cough up blood or bloody sputum. Phosphorus has a lot to do with the blood, with bleeding, and okay. mm-hmm. so that's the nosebleed
1: remedy, right?
0: Yeah, it's a good it's a okay. good one for nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. And um hepersulf. So hepersulf is our you can you can think of hepersulf as the antibiotic as the homeopathic antibiotic. We're not saying that it's an antibiotic. We're not saying that um you know that you can replace your prescribed antibiotic with it, but it. Does work like an antibiotic, so when, in a good ways. Yes, in very good way. It, yeah, that's right. So without destroying the gut. So yeah. if you choose to forego the prescription, you could use Hepersulf, and um, and it's great for all infections, all kinds of infections. But Hepersulf is great for croup, also. Remember, because that's part of the trio that you mm-hmm. used. It's this is a loose cough, rattly cough with yellow phlegm. Hepersulf is always yellow. So whatever if the infection is oozing. So if you have a, you know, an infection from a cut on your arm if it's oozing yellow, then you're going to think Hepersulf. Hepersulf has a barking, choking, rattling cough that's worse in the morning, worse with drafts, so very sensitive to drafts. So if there's a, you know, like right now I can feel my fan blowing on me, that would make me cough more if I had a hepersulf Mm -hmm. cough. So really love, I, I pretty much, um, introduce hepersulf really soon in a lot of coughs and I like to do it in a 200 twice a day until you're very much better. So you can use it along with other cough remedies and do it 200 times a day. I have found
1: or heard like as we're learning things that hepar self added in with a lot of protocols is really beneficial um, and i it makes sense too, in croup especially because I learned that croup is in the vocal cords it's not in your lungs, mm. and it seems like it would be because it prevents like the breathing it has the breathing issues, and that's why though there's not many treatment options because aside from a steroid
0: mm-hmm.
1: there, it's not a bronchial thing. So, um, antibiotics and things don't really do anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but HEPA still works though. Yeah. In that trio for, I don't know. Homeopathy amazes me.
0: Amazing. And that's what I was just in here thinking, praise God for, yeah. for homeopathy.
1: Really? Seriously. I say a lot that it has
0: dramatically changed my life. Yeah.
1: And I really mean it. I'm always blown away. Yeah.
0: And so for those of you that are listening right now, if you didn't hear the previous or one of the previous episodes is on why you would want to learn homeopathy, go and listen to that. It's Mm life-changing. It really is. All right. We have two more remedies. Um, Antimonium Tart is pneumonia with thick white mucus in the lungs. This is a rattly cough with no power to expectorate the mucus from the lungs. So there's great weakness and you can't, you can't cough hard enough to get the mucus out. You can hear it in there, but you can't get it up. Um, So this is antimonium tart is number one for rattly respirations. Um, And again, a loose cough, but nothing comes up. So you hear it rattling around in there, but nothing's coming up. Mm, It's not coming up. Yeah.
1: That makes me think of older people too. Yeah. um, Who just, don't have the physical strength to move it and i that's often why it becomes pneumonia they just cannot get that out. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. i know there are other pneumonia protocols mm-hmm. as well, but maybe this i'm not sure if this is in those but um not off the top of my head. Yeah. But it sounds
0: like it would be a good one yeah. to really consider. Yep. Um i like to use these remedies. I'm going to look back at my list. Bryonia, Spongia, Hepersulf, Aconite. Yeah, I like all of these in two hundreds. You could use a thirty, but um, I really do like the two hundreds. I wonder what the difference would
1: be. I've always used thirties for the um, oh, croup.
0: That's right. In that protocol, but that's the
1: only scenario mm-hmm. where a thirty now. I do, though, give it very often. And I, I right. wonder if I were to do a 200 and maybe not need to do
0: it as often. As often. So I like what you but just said. Works, so I've never changed it. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what I was just going to say. If the something works, definitely don't change it. So, yes, I'm glad you said that. That trio for the crew, I would stick to that to 30 in those and follow that because it works. And it's one that has been around for a, that's a protocol that's been around for a long time. So I would stick to that one for sure for crew.
1: Rimex and Sambucus. Is that how you say that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are not in any kits that I have had or I've seen. Hmm. Um, Maybe in the A to Z has a little bit different remedies. If you get the top 100, it might be in those. Maybe. And I was just kind
0: of looking over and I was thinking I could grab it, but I'm not going to. No. But <laughs> It's not in the top 50. Okay. But, but I'll say this too. I've never used Rumex or Sambucus. I've never even suggested them in an acute consult. So I think they're just the smaller, they're smaller remedies that maybe aren't used so often. The most common of what we talked about is Bryonia, Spongia, Heprasoth, mm-hmm. Aconite, Drosera phosphorus antimonium tart. And then and I think I've used all of those except yep. phosphorus
1: for a cough.
0: Yep. I really so like I phosphorus for a cough. If you have if you don't have it you should get it. I really I really phosphorus does a lot of good things. One more I just wanted to mention is crocus cacti is the machine gun, gun cough. Machine gun mm-hmm. cough. I don't have um my materia medica in front of me to read any more aspects of that remedy but I've also never used that one. Um, but just so you know, so if you ever have a machine gun cough or you hear it and you're like, wow, that sounds like a machine gun, get you some crocus cacti. (laughs) (laughs) Some of these things are very funny. Mm -hmm. So I, I do hope that was helpful to help you differentiate between the different coughs. There are a lot, there's, there's more learning to do with coughs. Um, and in fact, you know, in my mentorship program, we dig even deeper than this into coughs, and case taking and case management. So, if you haven't seen my mentorship program, go check it out at mmchomeopathy.teachable.com, and you'll see all my whole my homeopathy school is there. So, you'll see all of my classes. Well, almost all of my classes are there. I do also have a, several classes on my website that are not on Teachable. So you can see everything on my website under the learn tab and jump in on the mentorship program. If you want to dig even deeper than these, we, you know, we can't dig hugely deep in the in right. podcast, but still do want to teach and hopefully help you be able to do some of this on your own. Yeah. I just
1: had our first live call and it was, I sat through gateway for almost two years now. Mm-hmm. And still feel like we use some of the same terms where that repetition is good. I feel like I'm getting really familiar. They're becoming second nature and then putting them into practice. I always want that, whether it's parenting seminars you go to and then you get home and you're like, okay, well, you're not just me with this scenario in my real life that I already, we only had one. And after this long of training, even with you, I feel like it was already really helpful.
0: Good practice. So yeah, so jump in on the mentorship program. is. I love what you just said, that it's going to um, help you put this into practice because we're going to practice during these live calls. So I'm going to throw questions up on the screen and you're going to answer and I'm going to walk you through what I would do and how I would do it. And yeah, on our first live call, um, people that you know were on that call were like, what that's what you did
1: (laughs) none of us actually came up with that you did that cracked me up I was like oh yeah so okay yeah which was nice and also like
0: okay I have a long way to go (laughs) so jump in yeah I love it yeah so I'd love to see you in a class um join us Me and Bree do the the uh, gateways together, and any of the few other classes you see on my website are teachable. Would love to have you. So, have a wonderful rest of your week, and thanks for listening.